0: You're listening to The Professional Blur, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Klam. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Professional Blur. My name is Jason Klom. I am your host. My guest this week is the delightful Jeffrey Golden. Thanks so much for doing this. Well, thanks so much for having me, Jason. The, Always a pleasure. This makes... Wait, how many of my podcast? Three of my podcasts you've done so far. I want, I'm waiting for that punch card. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: fair. I should.
0: How and, many do I...
1: How many total podcasts uh-huh. are there at this
0: point in mm-hmm. the in the climaverse? Oh, okay. So we got Comedy on Vinyl, Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour. Uh, Dispatches from Ford Awesome. We got this one, which is yet to come out as we're recording. But okay. we've got Unimpeachable, the Songs of the Presidents of the United States of America, which is a limited run podcast. Great. We've got. There's one about my genealogy and my name that I've started recording three years ago and have not even released yet. Oh, wow. Okay. <sighs> yeah. And That's I mean, those are the ones that I produce. So and then there are other ones on the network, but some of them are limited. I'm just trying to figure yes. out how many of them I could I could mm-hmm. legitimately get onto. Right. what percentage I see I'm yourself. at. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good percentage this soon in me knowing you to be fair, <laughs> to be yeah. fair. Uh, but I was like, oh, please, I, I hope Jeffrey has some experience with extra work. And Absolutely. fortunately, you weren't. What's funny is like we had a miscommunication over text. So I was like, oh, I guess that's. That's a non-starter. And then we, we sort of discussed. And we're like, oh, no, you've got some very good stories about extra work.
1: I have. Well, I, I di- I've i done it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least. Mm-hmm. No, I, once or twice. Yeah. Everybody does it once or twice. I feel like mm-hmm. it's just you live out in L.A. long enough. Yeah. And eventually you're going to be an extra in a film, whether or not you, you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, <laughs> One of my cousins uh, was very surprised. She went to Disney World, mm-hmm. uh, to Epcot. This was like in the 80s and she went to i think it was like the canada film okay and she 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 was lived in canada for a time mm-hmm. and she just saw herself in you know they have that 360 degree uh-huh. circle vision movie and she She's saw herself it. in the movie That's she amazing. was just it's just oh i i am in this film That's i didn't even realize great. it's so funny That's I, so weird to me what a, what a weird world we live in mm-hmm. where that is possible yeah
0: and it's more and more possible out here Uh, you know, obviously if you sign up for it, you know, it's what the deal is, but that's really funny to just catch yourself randomly at Disney. (laughs) Um, so when I ask people first is what was your extra or not? What was your first time on a set of any kind? First time on a
1: set. Um, the, you know, what comes to mind This probably was my first time on a set was in college. Mm -hmm. I went to Emerson college in Boston, which is a film school, like film and video school.
0: Have we discussed that before? I only Probably. ask because I've got a lot of Emerson friends. Yeah, okay. there's a
1: lot of us out here. Mm-hmm. They call it the Emerson Mafia, uh-huh. but okay. a mafia That's implies crazy. organization. Mm-hmm. It implies like a group that is organized mm-hmm. to better its members. School. Yeah, right.
0: yeah uh-huh. it's not,
1: it's just. It's more of an Emerson mob, I guess, mm-hmm. but not even a mob because a mob right. also is organized in some sense. Yeah, yeah. Like they are all together to destroy cars. Right, right, right. We're just sort of scattered out here doing various tasks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yes, I did go to, to Emerson. And uh, when I... Okay, so you and I both share a a common history as MP, at mp3.com, uh, which was, at the time, it was a website where people could post... Musicians could post uh, independent tracks and could be paid yeah. for it, potentially. And we were both in the comedy section. Mm-hmm. And so... This was like late in my high school experience. I Mm -hmm. experienced uh, quite a bit of success online through it. And so going into college, um, there was an idea to shoot a music video for one of my songs. I don't know that the idea actually came from me. I think somebody else suggested it to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, I think, the first set that I had actually been on was as the music video for one of my songs. You are not a pimp, which mm-hmm. was a hip hop song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I think it's been. Uh, <laughs> you you know at the how in uh, Avengers the, the the characters disintegrate into uh-huh. dust. Uh-huh. I believe a lot of that work has disintegrated into dust. <laughs> um,
0: I want to see this video. Uh,
1: it's maybe somewhere. All right. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. Potentially somewhere. I don't think it's on YouTube though. Right. Um, not again i i I don't believe I posted it, mm-hmm. but I also don't think i I definitely didn't like take it down or have anybody right. like delete it i I'm fine with people seeing it. It's just not like it just yeah, as I say, it's just all this work that uh that I did in my early years, so anyway, that was probably my first time on a film set. And it was okay. a lot of fun I mean we had it was like a legit set, like we had. You know, real crew, like we had like a fairly large crew of Mm -hmm. like 15 to 20 students and we had extras and yeah, they, we rented uh we worked, shot in a high school all weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, the premise of the video is sort of a parody of like American pie Mm -hmm. and, uh, of movies where it was about a group of kids trying to get laid okay and so sure. that that was sort of we were taking aim we spoofing some of the conventions of that mm-hmm. um in the video so yeah That's... anyway that was my that that was probably my first experience That's crazy doing a set and um so emerson college it sort of has this weird media ecosystem within itself uh-huh and they have an award show and I was nominated for best performance, awesome, um which was which was really cool. And um we were also the video was also nominated for best editing. okay. Now, uh, I was nominated for performance, and everybody else who worked on the video mm-hmm. contributed to the editing. It was something like eight or nine different people. now for <laughs> whatever shit. reason okay. i didn't con- I didn't contribute to the editing. <laughs> So we did not win performance Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Mm -hmm. there was, like, dramatic performance. It's, like, weird to put, like, a three-minute, like, Mm -hmm. hip-hop song, like, hip-hop parody song Uh against, like, you know, someone's 12-minute, you know, graduate thesis Uh about, like, uh, you know, suicide or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, (laughs) So we didn't win that, but the editing did win. So literally everybody who worked... On the video, won an Evie award except for me. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, which is really funny. So uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I was like, well, it was, it was cool that it won an Evi,
0: but uh, yeah, hmm, I didn't get one. Yeah, it's one of those star of an award-winning video. You have yes, to, like, right, have you have to, to parse sideways. it. Yeah. You have to parse it. That's remarkable. So wait, was it shot on film? Like film film? It wasn't shot on film, but okay. it was
1: shot with film lenses. Ooh, that was okay. a big deal. They sure. rented... The lenses mm-hmm. that they use in the music videos, the something. MTV videos. Mm-hmm. So it
0: looked at the time, it looked pretty good. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, that's remarkable. I mean, that was that was the thing. Like when I was starting film school, like the big deal was just like if you're going to start shooting on video, which they didn't want us to do. Really, they're like, learn right. film, learn film. You know, you got to make sure you light it as well as you light a film set, which you do, which is abs- it's proven to be true. You you <laughs> need to do that, even though. Uh, digital's you know more sensitive uh, yeah it's uh... Well, I definitely learned on film mm-hmm. when I
1: went to school the first years they do the what is it called the Mo- Mary Boley Mary there's like a there was like a nickname for this type of camera that was like a junky sort of I mean I had a Bolex camera. did you use a Bolex it's... It wasn't been a bollock. Okay. Yeah, okay, but yeah. I think they had
0: a nickname for there it. There might have been. It was Maybe like it's a, a special Emerson thing.
1: Maury, Maury Povich or whatever yeah, they the Maury said. Povich. Yeah, yeah, Showing yeah, yeah, huh? Show a the movie, Pori, right. mm. Maury Povich. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, I definitely learned to shoot on film. But I wasn't on a set until mm. uh, until until yeah, I guess later of my freshman year of college when mm. we started doing that. But in, in high school, I started learning on uh, film, film because mm-hmm. yeah, at the time. Like you could get a video camera, mm-hmm. but it was hard to connect it to a computer. It would sure. take, and you know, computers didn't have that much memory, like no. regular. You know, the computer that your parents would get yeah. for the house didn't have that much memory. So mm-hmm. you know, you, you it was harder to edit videos back then. Oh yeah, yeah. Although I did edit a, I did edit digital. I guess I went back and forth on it because I definitely. Did edit a movie in... Put together a shot and edited a movie in high school. Okay. Which we showed. But that was with a mini DV camera. Okay. And the computer lab. Sure. Um, and ended up getting me in trouble. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. For what? Well, the, the band... It was about a band. Okay. It was a short about a band, and mm-hmm. it was making fun of this band, mm-hmm. a, like band politics, whatever. And I think one of the lyrics in the song was supposed to be like a bad song on purpose. Uh-huh. Like it was making fun. It was like, go down on me, go down oh, on me. Oh, no. it's like lyrics. And so we showed it at school at <laughs> like a big premiere. We had like, <laughs> we showed it in the auditorium and then the next day uh, in school like the vice principal like called me into the office and was like we're getting complaints from oh, parents and no. it was sexually explicit and i had to be like well listen like we're not meant to emulate the band the band we're making fun of the band showing that the band is bad
0: Mm -hmm. and that
1: was good enough explanation to get me out of trouble all right i was pretty good at getting out of trouble Mm -hmm. the back in the day that's really fucking
0: funny (laughs) wow do you okay so this is going to be a sideways just to get into the subject yes did you know the extras who were on your music video shoot were they friends of yours i assume or were these some of them Mm -hmm. and some were cast oh really okay yeah i knew i I
1: knew a lot more of the crew because Okay. The crew were like more. Uh, I think we used a lot of actual. We actually used some high school students okay. and such for um, for the extras. So mm-hmm. I didn't know as many
0: of them as I did the the crew. But mm-hmm. I think one or t- a couple of them I did know. Was it a lot of following you around? Or were they like legit in the background the whole time? It you was must have like had a posse in this it, video. Yeah, right?
1: it was. So there was three other act. It was like four actors playing mm-hmm. like the American Pie kids. Sure. And then I would sort of like be like wrapping in between them mm-hmm. and so then you'd have like kids in like a classroom situation mm-hmm. or kids in like an auditorium and uh though they were there was a lot of cheating to make it look like sure. there was more kids than there of actually course. were right too. um of course you know it was college um but yeah they uh yeah, I forget your original question. Oh, no, it's
0: just a, if you knew them, but it was just to get into those details specifically. I, yeah, I, exactly. Yeah.
1: Okay. So so I would be rapping and then there would be like some dancers or some students like next to me or near mm-hmm. like dancing, um, you know, sort of like they are into it. You mm-hmm. know, we're all into it. What you're saying. Right. We're into this, this hips and these hops mm-hmm. that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to sell the you got to sell the talent. Of course. Yeah. Of
0: course. I'm now going to put the pressure on. I really want to see this video. All right. Great. I I I, need I, you to... I know I have it. I okay. know it this like all it exists, this but is, uh, I need to see it. Yeah.
1: I'll make I Yay. will make sure that you do.
0: Cuz I want to be able to put it on, you know, maybe we put it online. The people listening to this might be interested. Absolutely. And then you can be like that is not who I am anymore. Feel free to say that. You know, you know, do whatever <laughs> you got to do. I get it. Believe it's me. It's
1: fine. I don't think I am I'm not really like I'm not the type who is, like, ashamed of like, child work. It nah, is just, yeah, it is just, this is me when I was, you know, yeah. much younger, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm ashamed of it. It's just, like, looking at, like, a photo of a child. It's like mm-hmm. you look at a photo of a child. It's like, why doesn't that kid have a beard? <laughs> it's like, he doesn't have a beard because he's not grown up, you know. No, that's perfect. Give that's it perfect.
0: time. <laughs> uh, okay, so I want to, since, again, you, you've you got the one thing that we're going to be talking about mostly, right? Yeah. So um now was there mm, okay let's talk about that first one let's talk about how you got what it is how you got it etc etc
1: okay great so um one of the things that they teach you in film school is you should be on film sets yep and one of the things that you do on a film set when you don't have any other skills is you are a pa yeah um so
0: production assistant for those who don't know, I feel like uh, yeah I feel oh like yeah, the, absolutely yeah. thank
1: you yes let's let's not assume this is uh, a podcast listened to only by Hollywood insiders. Mm-hmm. a PA system you were the you are the <laughs> the, the, the thing that uh, amplifies voices <laughs> uh, no, yeah, production assistant, um, which is the entry level job that mm-hmm. everybody has um, and so I was doing a lot of PA work. Mm-hmm. My junior, senior year of college, and then my first two years, the first year and a half or so, out in Los Angeles. Okay. Um. So, about, for about three years, I was doing it. Okay. Um, and I was bad at it. <laughs> really bad PA. Uh-huh. There was no way that I was ever going to work my way up the production ladder. I was so incompetent uh, as a PA. I can relate. Okay, good. Oh, mm-hmm. Good. I'm not the only one, nope. man. Nope. Um. So, one of the worst things uh, I. One of the worst reasons to employ me as a PA is my poor sense of direction. Uh huh. So, remember (laughs) that this. Okay, so this was about like. When I first came to LA, it was 2005. Okay. Um, So, this was like 2003 to 2005 that I'm a PA, right? A lot of what a PA does. Is errands, mm-hmm. right? They need to fetch, you know, <laughs> batteries or something. The cameras run out of batteries, send the PA mm-hmm. to go to Radio Shack to fetch the batteries, sure. right? And, uh, but at the time, we didn't have telephones with built in GPS systems. Nope. GPS was very expensive. If it existed uh-huh. at all, which I guess it did, it, but it did. Barely. Garland maybe mm-hmm, existed, mm. but it barely, right? And very expensive. Like, yeah. a, this is like a $1,000 like the thing that yeah. you put in your car right i did not have that kind of money mm-hmm. um so i used you use MapQuest, sure and you would print out the directions from MapQuest. yeah that was later by yep. the way like it, mm-hmm. initially you would get a map you would actually buy a physical map
0: yeah when i came out here they told our school told us you have to buy a thomas guide yeah i had a thomas guide it's like an inch and a half thick yep all I- maps of the whole city Terrible. I definitely had a Thomas guy. I refused to buy one. That's why I got lost. Oh yeah.
1: Well, I had one, and I still got, still lost. got lost anyway. Um. So I was really bad at running errands. I was also really bad at doing, like, just the basics of like, wrapping cable. Uh-huh. Like, when other people wrap <laughs> cable, it looks perfect. Yeah, 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 They wrap it around their arms. Right. I would try to wrap it around my arm, and I would just get my arm tangled. It was, it was like a dumb... It was, it was like a Garfield cartoon or something. It's like John Arbuckle, like, trying to be in a film set. You know he's going to, like, get caught in the the... He's going to get caught in the wires. Yeah, yeah. He's going to bump into a light, and it's going to knock over two other lights. You know, generally pretty clumsy on a set. Um, and not really fully comfortable when I'm doing like manual labor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I can't; it's just that I like sure. feel uncomfortable, like I'm doing it wrong yep. always. Um, so I was really bad at it, but it was like, well, this is what you're supposed to do, so I'm trying to do it. Um, so after at my. I felt like by the time, so sometime late in 2005, early 2006, I got my first uh, comedy job, Mm -hmm. which was working for the National Lampoon's website, Uh um, which I was really excited about because I grew up on the National Lampoon Radio Hour, Uh um, and then was quickly uh, learned what the National Lampoon had become, Uh which was terrible, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which was Mm -hmm. basically a low-rent licensor of the National Lampoon brand to direct a DVD movie. Yeah. Movie titles. Yeah. Um, but I was working on the website at the time, which still did comedy, actual comedy yeah, writing. I remember that, right? And uh, and so I felt like, oh, okay, well, I now I have, I'm doing comedy writing, so now I don't have to do PA work. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I've paid my dues. I've broken into the industry. Yeah, um, yeah. But I thought I was out, but they pulled me back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at this time, I was in a comedy group mm-hmm. called Overtime with two of my friends, uh, Joan Ford and Asterios Coconuts.
0: Oh. And uh, do you I know? N- I know of him. Oh. Uh, I think which, I did a you No, I did, did not. Asterios? No, I didn't do... Sorry. He's also friends with my buddy Brock. That's that's also. Oh, okay. I see. He's right. one of those people who I've wanted to get on my shows, Oh, but well. he knows... Like 10, 10 million people I know, but well,
1: he's in New York. I'm happy to make the introduction. Well, there we go. I'd Look like at that. Do Hear a, that, guys? Do a phone we're making friends on the show. Making That's friends. A... <laughs> You're making pals. <laughs> um, yeah, Stairs is a Stairs is a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, as is Joan, and the three of us were in a comedy troupe together called Overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had we were in a troupe together in college, and we came out here and we did we formed Overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the sketches that we were YouTube Troop before that was like a thing mm-hmm. uh, so we were like an early YouTube troop we were best known For a series Called Mario and MySpace Which ended up getting like
0: Wait, I must have seen this
1: yeah it's got It's got like one of them has like half a million Views or something like that it was very It was successful for it's time
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um and it's basically Overdubs Of the old Super Mario Brothers Super Show mm-hmm. cartoon But uh Toad, Mario, and Luigi are all sort of navigating the politics of MySpace. Uh, and I played Toad like this, who was like, you know, Mario, did you get my friend request? It's like, uh, yeah, like, oh, I got it, toad. I got it. And it's like, well, you haven't answered it yet. Um, you know, a lot of like social awkwardness mm-hmm. uh, around, uh, around uh, the, yeah, top eights and all this sort of thing. It's God. very funny to look back at it and uh-huh. be like, wow, these were things we were like concerned enough about to make video. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> um, so one of the sketches that we did, um, was. Back okay, so so in college, there was this idea that Joan, I believe Joan had the idea, and it was Dracula's super spooky 9/11 oh, yes. candle vigil. Uh-huh. So it was a parody of the Monster Mash, but uh, and it's a it's basically the monsters all paying homage <laughs> to the towers falling, um, and what would that entail? And so. It was an idea that we talked about a lot. It was one of those like things, which happens in a group where mm-hmm. you have an idea and like the joke is that the uh, I'm gonna hold. I hit the mic. You're fine. So, um, it was one of those ideas that you have in a group that just becomes like the joke is just that we had the idea in the first place. Uh-huh. We're never gonna actually produce right. this, right, but right. Gonna, okay. so, <laughs> so that was an that was in college. I remember really loving that idea. And out in LA I was like, Yeah, I gotta convince Jonah Asteris, so we really need to do Dracula's <laughs> super spooky nine eleven Kendra. So I was on a plane and I was just like writing up like lyrics to what I thought that song would actually be sure. like. And then I sent it to them and they did heavy rewrites. But the point was that we it was it kickstarted the conversation and we decided to go ahead and produce it. So, uh, boy, this is a long, uh, this is, we're we're (laughs) on a long journey here. Um, so we ended up, Asterios ended up, uh, getting one of a friend of ours, Jesse Rosen, um, to do drums and to do, uh, guitars for Uh the track. He, and Jesse had also helped us procure a studio space. So he, he did us a major solid. He was a Emerson guy as well. Mm -hmm. And a friend, And really loved Overtime and what we were doing. He was a fan of the troupe. And, yeah, and he put together this... He basically... It wouldn't have been possible without him. Yeah, yeah. And it it turned out pretty good. Like, Mm -hmm. it it sounds when you listen to it. um, And that is available online. That is actually, uh, I think people were talking. I think Asterius must have brought it up on his podcast Mm -hmm. because people have actually been talking about it relatively recently. Like, there's Uh a Reddit thread from, like, 2018 about it. Okay. Um, So, that's pretty funny. Um, So, anyway, um, so Jesse was a big part in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was, like, 2006, I think, when, when we released uh, Dracula's Super Spooky Nine Eleven Candle Vigil. Mm-hmm. Okay. So around the same time, uh, Joan and I were in a writing group with a writer, Amy Wasserman. Mm-hmm. And Amy told us she was working, producing a film, mm-hmm. and it was an independent film written and directed by, uh, by Jesse Rosen. Uh-huh. And so it was like, okay... She was looking for, and and so she was like, "Oh, we need people to work on the crew for this film." Mm-hmm. And he, Jesse had just done us a big favor of recording the sketch. Yeah, and Amy was her friend, and basically we were like, "Yeah, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna help. We're gonna help them out." Um, but even though all of us at that point in our lives were like, "I eh, we don't really want a PA a mm-hmm. set," like, but they needed they needed the help, and so we provided the help mm-hmm. um so i worked on a pa on the shoot now in preparation for this interview uh i asked uh joan and asterios who are both still good friends um if what they remember about the shoot okay and none of us remember anything about the shoot <sighs> I I can't explain why that's the case. I do remember that we shot we shot in a pool hall mm-hmm. and we shot in a in like um was like, a, like an apartment complex has like a garden space, like sure. a communal garden space. Mm-hmm. That's where I mostly remember okay. me being very useless on <laughs> that film set in this like little garden space. I think it was supposed to be like a Halloween party. You still something. felt useless, nice. just to be clear. You still yes. felt just as useless. Oh, okay. 100%. Because at that point, I my film school training wasn't even fresh yeah, in my no. mind. Yeah, And uh, I had moved on. I was writing for various website, comedy Mm -hmm. websites and things like that. And so, yeah, I I had less of a clue about how to be a PA at that point. So I really hated it. Um, And I was doing it for free on weekends to be nice, you know. Um, And the film was called uh, The Art of Being Straight, Mm -hmm. Um, which, uh, yeah, maybe I should have mentioned that earlier. But, Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so it is a like an indie drama that kind of flirts a little bit with like m- in like mumblecore territory uh-huh. like it has a, had a little bit more of a plot but it was definitely like aware of like mumblecore being a thing mm-hmm. and the film is stars Jesse mm-hmm. though it wasn't supposed to <laughs> okay he he wrote it and directed it but he intended he they had hired an actor to play the role, mm-hmm. the the title role. Um, the title role. It wasn't like his, his name <laughs> was Art or something. <laughs> Just to play the lead role. Um, and so, uh, but he dropped out, the actor dropped out last minute. Okay. And they had already like, planned everything they had already done all the pre-production and had booked spaces and yeah. stuff so jesse decided to step in at the last minute mm. uh to do the to do the film um so i think in a lot of ways uh, a lot of people on set were uncomfortable with their various roles uh-huh. Uh-huh. um but yeah he is it's sort of a journey learning about his sexuality he's mm-hmm. thinks of himself as heterosexual mm-hmm. and he he has an attractive boss mm-hmm. uh, at a, his company, and it sort of makes him question his sexuality. Okay. Um, and it ended up being screened in a lot of uh, LGBT film festivals awesome. and things okay. and won some awards and such there. Uh, and I think it plays, or it has played on Logo. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. It's been on TV. Okay. Um, and I believe it was on Logo. That's, I th- maybe multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, so but none of us really have a firm memory of <laughs> being PAs on on the set. Okay, but here's what I do remember. Uh-huh. Um, so, I, but I remember the extra work mm-hmm. a little bit. So I was it was PAing one of their last. I think it was one of the last shots. Okay, which was one of the last scenes. Which was at an art gallery, mm-hmm. and I shared this video you with did. you. Yeah. Yes, okay. So this is the that's where that that clip from. It's towards the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's our lead Jesse, and then there's uh, the the second lead, she who is also dealing with her own it, sexual journey, mm-hmm. and she is in the art world, and the art world. It's been a while since I've seen it. The art world is. Stuffy, she's not happy in it, yeah. And so she decides she's going to take a water bottle, like a spray bottle, mm-hmm. like you spray like your plants, and she's gonna go into her job and quit, and uh-huh. then spray the art uh-huh. with the water bottle, <laughs> presumably <laughs> ruining it. Uh huh. Um. So I was a PA, or I was going to PA on that set. No, I did PA on that set. I was a PA on that set. Okay. okay. Again, a lot of the memories are very fuzzy from this this period. But I did PA on that set. Um, And they had a problem, which was they realized that it was kind of weird for her boss to be just, like, standing there with, like, nothing happening. Mm -hmm. So they decided to create, like, a little scene and so they had two patrons in the art gallery. And I guess Jesse, remembering that I did comedy, was like, hey, do you want to be in this scene? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was Amy. One of the two of them was like, get in there. <laughs> now, the thing is, I'm not dressed like I belong in an art gallery Uh i'm wearing like a t-shirt and ratty jeans because i was there to pa yeah so they had me turn my shirt t-shirt inside out which Mm -hmm. you can clearly see in the video (laughs) it definitely looks like i am wearing a t-shirt inside (laughs) out is that a choice that my character's making (laughs) no it's just that i was there to pa um and so i'm there with another actress and we're looking at the this art piece of art and i improvised some dialogue asked me to like improvise a line of dialogue Mm -hmm. and i actually forget what it is on the video i actually forget what it is that i said um but we just we went with it the crew you know laughed Mm -hmm. they seemed to like it and then uh the, the lead comes in and sprays us both with water, and I'm meant to look uh, <laughs> disgusted or confused. Uh, it's unclear from my acting what what, what my reaction to uh, to this is. I'm befuddled, mm-hmm. let's we'll say I was befuddled. Sounds good. Yeah. Um. So uh. So I was just like, oh, okay, that's that was that. Then then the film ended. There was a rap party, and that was that. Mm-hmm. Um. But then there was a screening, and uh, jo- I think it was Joan, and I, I don't think Asterius was there at that point, but I think Joan and I went to the screening of it, and I, it was, you know how there's that always that story that people have where it's like, oh, they were in a movie, and they were so excited to go to the movie and see themselves, and then it turned out they were cut from the film, yep. and they didn't, they didn't realize it, and they were upset? Mm-hmm. This was the opposite story. I assumed I was going to be cut. I assumed that line, whatever I had said, was never going to make it into uh, the sh- into the show. And uh, so I was pleasantly surprised when it was. It's was like, oh shoot, look at that! I got a line in a in a legitimate uh, indie film. It's amazing. So yeah, I remember being being pretty excited about that. Um, and apparently, according to I forget if it was Amy who told me or somebody told me that it ends up. It always did well in the screenings. That line yeah. always got a laugh. That's so awesome. there you so there you go. So See,
0: they asked the right person. <laughs> That's right. So I actually got a so I actually got a line in. Let's see. Now, what's so funny is like I always when I have people on who have done like a let's say a, a shitload of extra work like yeah. I have Everyone it's still rare. I've only seen it happen once. I've, I only know a few people who've seen it happen, where somebody gets bumped up to a line because, like, on a on a because just just so people understand, kind of the the situation, what you're dealing with. An indie shoot like that is non-union, so uh, he's never going to see another dime. Jeffrey's not going to be getting uh, oh, 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 oh. residuals for this. Never, never and in my life. So it,
1: it, I lost <laughs> money doing that shoot. I'm certain of it because I'm sure I could have worked some other job or whatever. <laughs> oh, but, of course, uh, yeah. You know. But it was a, fa- so a favor, so I lost money. In in a, uh, I put a, gas mileage on my put mileage on my car. The worst. It's the so, worst.
0: So so yeah, I probably lost money. in the I end. know I had some gigs like that too. But you know, if you get a line, normally you're you know you're put into the union, uh, or at least you will ha- you will have to have been in the union next time you perform. It's a lot of boring shit. That at some point maybe I'll have an expert on that stuff come on. But. So, that's not the situation with you. It's just like a fun thing. We're like, "Oh, fuck it. No, I'm in, I'm in a movie. I've got I've got my face up there like you could see your face. Like there are all these little, you yeah. know, little bonuses that are good. You could people could see my face." Yeah. That's... I think somebody did tell
1: me that they saw it on TV. I think that's how I knew that they oh, okay. that they had seen me on TV. And I was like, "You saw me on Loco? <laughs> what, what what was I doing on Loco?" And I had to work backwards. It's like, "Oh, I was that that's right, The yeah. Art of Being Straight." Yeah. <laughs>
0: Did you, now uh, I apologize, so I might be misremembering, because this is from a few conversations ago. Yep. But wasn't there a Lifetime movie situation, or? Well, my mom was in a Lifetime. Your mom movie. was. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah, yeah. Was, uh, so
1: <laughs> yeah, my mom is the queen of Christmas. So she she <laughs> is. Uh, I guess we to use the parlance of uh, Macy's. She's the quote unquote friend of Mrs. Claus in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. What? So you can use the you know yeah yeah, say yeah. Friend, yeah, right? yeah yeah um so yeah so every year i get a lot of you know calls and it's like oh i got your mom you know that's Mace's amazing parade um but she was also in a movie called i believe it's called christmas in vermont i okay. believe it's a lifetime movie <laughs> as opposed to a hallmark movie okay and yeah she i saw it she works at a she works at some company that the lead you know works at and they're mm-hmm. going to be shut down. It's got to be stuff. an
0: architecture firm. Come on, is it it's not an architecture It's <laughs> probably an architecture
1: firm. If it's not an architecture firm, it's like something related. It's like <laughs> closely related to that. Uh-huh. Um but the they kept cutting to her mm-hmm. because she's really good at facial expression because she's mm-hmm. been an actress for many years. Okay. She's been an actress for many years and she's really good at broad acting. She's okay. a good. So so when you put a camera on her and you're like look sad. Uh-huh. She really looks sad. Amazing. She looks deeply sad. I love it. And so you immediately get the gist of what is trying to be conveyed in the scene. So even if your actors are kind of wooden, if you point the camera to my mom when mm-hmm. the announcement is made and it's like look happy. It's like, "Oh, okay, we're all <laughs> we're supposed great. to be happy for them." So, yeah, you end up seeing her quite a bit in Christmas in Vermont just because, yeah, she was
0: able to That's act remarkable. without saying uh, without saying a word. <laughs> Wait. So explain the the Macy's thing again. I totally. This is. I explain that again, please. <laughs> I'm totally confused and excited by it. Oh, okay. You gotta understand. I'm a giant Christmas nerd, so this oh, kind okay, of shit great. like is
1: up my alley. Okay. Well, it's not. I uh. So I have to be careful. Okay. So okay. When, so I'll put it this way. Yes. When, if you like work at Disney, mm-hmm. right, and you are like, and you play Princess Jasmine, mm-hmm. right. It's you. You know the the wrestling term kayfabe, uh-huh. meaning like there is like an artifice that you're mm-hmm. supposed to keep up in public. Yeah, 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 right. So you wouldn't say, "Oh, I play Jasmine." Right. You say, "I am a friend of Jasmine," okay. especially when you're talking to a child mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the term that you're supposed to use. I see. My mom is the. Friend uh-huh. of Mrs. Claus in the Macy's She has been friends with her for about twelve years Holy now. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: How the well? Okay, maybe. she's the, that's she the
1: longest running friend of uh, Mrs. Claus.
0: <laughs> By the way, this terminology I love is also bordering <laughs> on some other terminology. Yeah, that absolutely. Make you, that's really right. It funny. Right, sounds like they me. might be in a relation, like in a relationship <laughs> uh-huh. or something like Wait, that. Wait, so you're just to be clear, you're. You're a friend of Mrs. Claus, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so of course, I'm a friend of Mrs. Claus. That's remarkable. That is so fucking cool. Okay, I'm sorry. That's the coolest thing I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, well, it's um, great. Okay, I mean, we got to have your mom on this show. Um, absolutely. She's
1: done... She's probably done quite a bit of extra work, yeah. I would say. She lives in Buffalo, so you have to give up to call. You'll her.
0: have to call, but that's fine. Who gives a shit? That'd yeah, be fine. She'd love
1: it. Yeah, I'm sure she'd love to be on the show.
0: Um, oh God, so, you know what? I want to do a little because sometime again since you've got the one extra experience i do also like to know. because a lot of times the first time you meet or see a celebrity is on set but in your case it's probably somewhere out in the wild do you have any interesting like first celebrity you saw out here because i can tell you the first person i saw was fucking Forrest whitaker and that floored me i was right behind <laughs> him in line and i'm like holy shit good morning vietnam that's the first thing i thought of and weirdly the next person i saw was bruno kirby so two people from from good morning <laughs> vietnam but i'm curious who are yours uh, for initial, like, celebrity sightings, what a good. And it can be lame, don't get me wrong. I've seen Kato Kalin three times. Oh, well. That's a lame Kato, sighting.
1: Y- yeah. But um, also exciting. I have also seen Kato Cato K- Kato Kalin actually might be my first one because mm-hmm. he. So, <laughs> as a joke, in the 90s, National Lampoon made Kato Kalin their editor in chief. <laughs> So, when I was working at the the Lampoon, yeah, right? Like, when I was working at the Lampoon, he was advocating to put himself uh, as, like, a board position. Like, he wanted to be voted, like, on the board of National Lampoon. So, he went around our offices and gave everybody, like, giant animal cell phone cases.
0: Like... What the fuck is even happening right now? Okay. So, it's like...
1: Okay, so back in the day when cell phones were bricks, sure, right? you would get case, there were cases of all sorts. Uh-huh. And one type of case that you could get for your phone was basically like putting your phone inside of a stuffed animal. <laughs> and he gave them out to everybody in the offices please
0: tell me you have it
1: oh uh, no definitely oh, not shit. i got rid of it almost immediately <laughs> the thing that i did hold on to was my uh stock certificate for national lampoon that mm-hmm. it was that was almost instantly worth nothing <laughs> because uh the heads of the company were found uh guilty in an embezzling scheme and were wow. sent to jail. Wow. Yeah, Dan something or other. He was sent to jail. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so yeah, the stock and the stock uh, pl- plummeted to zero. And so I you're think telling it, me
0: the least shady person you worked with, in a sense, was Cato Kalen.
1: Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> no, but but <laughs> no, but uh, I didn't <laughs> no because I didn't work with Cato right, Kalen. Right, he didn't right. get that job, <sighs> uh, which is so funny. So I definitely yeah that was would have been an early, mm-hmm. uh, very early celebrity sighting. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's any other ones. Like, yeah, like uh, uh, Matt Groening sat in front of me uh, at a screening of Iron Man <laughs> um, at the ArcLight. Uh-huh. So that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, n- there actually were a number of celebrity sightings at the ArcLight when I used to go. Because mm-hmm. who's it's um, Christine. Uh, small person she was like a small i think her name's christine and she's an actress
0: oh boy Baransky? yeah what's that That's the first name only christine i can think of right now is christine Baransky. no it wasn't brand it wasn't christina I remember it was, applegate
1: maybe it was christina applegate <laughs> but very she
0: small? no she's kind of average height
1: okay i'm thinking of someone christine. else I well, it didn't make much of an it didn't make much of an impact, <laughs> but I saw her at the ArcLight. Um, yeah, you can always spot a, a random celebrity at the ArcLight. Yeah. I think that's I, And I go. used to
0: work at the Grove, and so that is that another place. nonstop. I missed Jack Nicholson though. Jack Nicholson came in one day, and I missed it. I'm, ah, I'm so pissed. It. I'm so pissed. Darn but uh, but I did. Listen, I met Justine Bateman there, cool. Which was like this. That's a weird. Like, wait a minute, you're and then like Scary Spice. I met Scary <laughs> Spice and her daughter.
1: Oh, I know my first good, really good celebrity sighting, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't in L.A. It was in New York. I was working at the time, this was in college, and Mm -hmm. I was working an internship at Sesame Workshop, Mm -hmm. uh, Sesame, that's Sesame Streets, that's the name of the production company, Mm -hmm. and I was helping out at like a charity event, Mm -hmm. and I was working with the music department. And I was standing with the gentleman who was the head of the music department, who had been the head of the music department for, at that point, 40 years, Some, you know, mm-hmm. f- since forever, since yeah. the dawn of time, yeah, yeah, the dawn yeah. of Sesame time. Uh-huh. Um, and we were standing, I think we had just delivered a bunch of, uh, like, sh- lyric sheets or, or music sheets to all the orchestra people. Uh-huh. And so we were standing, taking a break, and walking towards us uh, was Martha Stewart. Who with her with like a whole entourage, mm-hmm. and this was right at the beginning of the stock oh yeah scandal, uh-huh. right where Martha Stewart was eventually she was convicted of insider trading. Uh huh. Um, so Martha Stewart is walking <laughs> and she is looking right at me. Uh-huh. Scowling, Ooh. she does not look happy, <laughs> and I'm one, and she's like walking toward me and. And the pause is like, you know who that is. You know who that is, right? It's like <laughs> I know who that is. <laughs> to recognize Martha Stewart, um, but she did I was thinking, like, did I not deliver? Did I make like an accidental delivery, or did I not deliver some important uh-huh. things Because she was going to perform at the at this charity event. She's walking towards me, walking towards me. Finally, she stops right in front of me, and she's like. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> it was like to the left, <laughs> and she walked away. <laughs> it was like I was like relieved. Uh-huh. Like I was like, oh, thank God, I didn't <laughs> screw something up with Martha Stewart. She's just having bowel problems. She's that's just that's
0: having it. bowel problems, among other things. <laughs> yeah. Among other things. She's hilarious. doing much better now. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So wait, in that capacity, did you ever get to see any mu- Muppet corpses at all?
1: I've seen, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I met all the, a <sighs> lot of the Muppeteers for Sesame Street. So jealous. Um, I, you have no idea how jealous oh, I am. You. Are you a big, are you a big Sesame head?
0: Well, I'm Muppets in general. Muppets
1: I mean, in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Me too for Muppets in general. Mm-hmm. I love Sesame Street, but I, I'm a, even probably an even bigger nerd for like the adults oh well, the, sure the yeah. adult muppets <laughs> yeah, yeah, The yeah. Muppets for adults yeah. strictly for adults mm-hmm, um <laughs> but uh yeah i met uh i met carol spinney which was <gasps> incredible and he gave me a big bird feather are um, you fucking kidding God. yeah which
0: i gave to my mom because she has a feather collection she does yeah that's cute. the cutest thing i've ever heard <laughs> yeah the, 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 those two stories together the cutest things I've ever heard. that's <laughs> remarkable
1: and I met uh, I met Kevin Clash uh-huh. briefly and uh, Fran Brill. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Jesus I met uh, Eric Jacobson. I think that's his name, uh-huh. Eric Jacobson, who would go on. He, he was Grover at the time. Okay, he, he took it over from Frank Oz, mm-hmm. and he ended up playing some of the other uh, Muppet characters as well. Yeah, they were all. Everybody was super nice. It was the loveliest place to work. <sighs> so good. Uh, one of the best. Um, and they offered me a job, but it was in their music department mm-hmm. and I did not really want to be in their music department. I really wanted to be a writer for Sesame of Street. Of course. That was, be that would have been a dream job, but, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't make it there. I didn't make it there. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so I was, so I decided, well, you know, I really don't want to live in New York anyway. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it's true. I don't. I like visiting New York, but mm-hmm. I don't really like love New York the okay. way other people do. Right, um, I find it to be smelly and <laughs> gross <laughs> with bad weather. Mm-hmm. I like that you can easily get to other people, mm-hmm. like through the subway and stuff. You don't need to drive everywhere. Yeah, um, but uh, I there's a lot of things I don't like about New York. That's fair. So I also also I grew up in Buffalo, New York, which mm-hmm. is nowhere near. New York City. It's all the way on the other side. It's about a ten-hour drive. Right. But um, see, I'm from New York, so I want to leave New York. Mm -hmm. As people from California are like, "Oh, I wish I
0: lived in New York because I want the seasons." Right. You want? You don't want those seasons, and you Uh, do not want a Buffalo winter, from everything I understand. Oh no! It's the worst winter.
1: You you don't want it. Uh, We've got it. Although they've they've leveled off in recent years, Uh apparently, but still. Still pretty bad. Um, I've had. If we do, if you ever do a, uh, if you do a Buffalo uh, web. You Do a
0: Buffalo weather podcast. I've got a number <laughs> of stories about that. I want to do a podcast about why the hell sometimes the Buffalo accent is the Chicago accent. Someone explain that to me.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, I think of Buffalo accent as being more, na- I think of it being more nasally. And sure. More cam- camping. I'm going camping in Buffalo.
0: There, there's enough of that, though. Like, I it's met a, a dude on day. set. I think it's a I, Polish thing. I met an extra. I'm like, he must be from Chicago. And he's like, oh, I'm from Buffalo. I'm like, what? the fuck because <laughs> in my experience upstate new york accent is not that it's right it's, it's usually hillbilly uh not always but usually hillbilly yeah, so it's kind of
1: weird Yeah, we've got a weird hillbilly contingent in mm-hmm. new york more than people would understand yeah I think, yeah, yeah it's a little be. strange but yeah. what are you gonna do
0: what are you gonna do jeffrey we have we have one segment on the show that segment is called five and over great so let us take your bit part your singular bit part yes and you, you you got a line yeah. And the line is, of course, uh, what, what does the lady say? Uh, she I says, think this, this is, about, is a painting about
1: uh, rebirth. Re-
0: yes. And I say, and yet there's so much death in it. Uh huh. And it's delivered well, so I get why oh, there's a laugh. There, I get, it's, it's an obvious <laughs> laugh moment. Thank you. And as we just noticed in rewatching it, uh, can't see your tag. So it's not. Immediately obvious it's an inside-out that's shirt. That's true.
1: I think I see the stitching. Sure. Maybe it's one of these things where you really have to look closely. But that's probably, a thing,
0: but... man. I used to work at the Beverly Center, and people would sell destroyed-looking shirts for literally $400. Oh, so... But you know how, like, the inside of a
1: shirt, like, when you flip it out, sure. the, the stitching becomes, like, puffy. Sure. You see that's... Yeah, that's that what I thing, see when though. I look at that. That's what I see... That was a style? Was yes, that a style yes. at that time?
0: Mostly for sweatshirts, but I think I'm sure they did it with T-shirts. Oh, so shit. that's why you got away with it. All
1: right. I got away with it. Mm-hmm. Good for me. Well, I'm sorry. I'm spoiling, <laughs> spoiling the movie by uh, <laughs> pointing out that I was unprepared for it to be an extra. In it.
0: So what is your character? Again, this, this is a spinoff, so it does not have to be the same uh, medium. It does not yeah. have to be the same uh, genre.
1: Great. This is going to be... So this is—he's the star of a, oh, of, yeah. of a show, yeah,
0: or movie, whatever.
1: Well, his name is going to be uh, Alec Rothman. Okay. And it's sort of like—it's a succession of the art world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's an hour-long drama series. Okay. About rival. Art galleries uh-huh. competing in Los Angeles, right. and there's a lot of like intrigue, a lot of drama, a lot of bad blood between the di- you know the different parties mm-hmm. as they try to. They're building up artists uh-huh. while tearing each other down. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. sort of is reflected in the line, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm she's like it's about rebirth and I'm like yet yeah, there's so much death in it, right? Mm-hmm. That's me undercut she was a rival gallery mm-hmm. owner and that's me undercutting <laughs> her stance on that painting. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we do, we undercut each other. Oh, do oh, we Mm, abstract expressionism, how 50 years ago, you know, mm, you're really on the cutting edge of pop art with this one, aren't you? Making other gallery owners feel bad, taking them down for size, poaching their best artists. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know, for myself, for my gallery. Yeah. The, the, the Windsor... <laughs> Winsorman w- Gallery, Wins- the Winsorman yeah. Gallery. Sure, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Even though his name is Rothman, and we're all yeah. Rothman. Well, Winsorman. Yeah, it's a it's a combination of our names. Oh, so okay. Win- win- Windsor and Rothman. Mm-hmm. And so we combine them. The Winsorman <laughs> Winsor Rothman <laughs> Gallery. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and we've got we are we are also competing with these other galleries for funding too. So this is a really like, I feel like this is like a prestige show. Sure. This is, and that's going to pay really well, which is, I'm really looking forward to those checks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking an HBO or a sure. Showtime or, an, uh, you know, a, a, a uh, an FXX, sure. you know, definitely. Um, no, but you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do.
0: I like this. Do we have a title for this show? Yeah. The title is called Art as Hell. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Yeah. It's about this—the uh, the horrors of the art, the horrors of the art world.
0: It's competitive. I
1: it's don't, ruthless.
0: I don't doubt you could sell that show. I mean, you know, like, that's what I'm here to do. Right. I'm not
1: here to make goofs and gaffes <laughs> here. I came, I, I <laughs> schlepped out to the valley here to sell the show. <laughs> that's what I want to know. That's what I'm here to do. Make some coin here. Come on.
0: What if this this whole podcast is just an excuse for me to steal show ideas from people? (laughs) Listen, if that's the case, that's very funny. It's a very
1: clever, Uh roundabout way of sourcing (laughs) these things. It's a really great scheme, too, because as we know, Mm -hmm. most show ideas sell. Uh So you're really
0: panning for gold. Yeah, really. Yeah. Every episode is going to be a new check. Yeah, every every episode is a new $100,000 check. Yeah, especially when we've got people who like... Uh, their bit part was a guy who plays beer pong really well. <laughs> and, and so he's like, no, nope, that's the one I'm picking for my spinoff. Great. Uh, he's our other, uh, uh Emerson alum, uh, oh. first episode, Alex Salem. Good episode. Um, Jeffrey. Yes. Thank you for doing your third of my shows. Of course. It's my pleasure. Um, I want to know, uh, this is not going to come out for a while because we're banking them, but well, where can people find you? And if you've got something to promote in the next few months.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, people can find me at uh, twitter.com.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> slash... I forgot the www.
1: Oh, shoot. You're right. <laughs> is that, and it's, it's, a, it's .com, not .gov, right? It is .com now. Yeah, yeah. twitter.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Golden, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y. G O L D E N, like the giraffe, mm-hmm. uh, where I put all my things. and post about them, and uh, yeah, the project I'm working on right now, that I'm super excited about, is Adventure Stack. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason, let me ask you: Did you get email? Are you an email? You know, person? I, I I do use email. Uh-huh. You do use email. Mm-hmm. You probably get a lot of like work emails. Yeah. You probably get a lot of boring emails. Stuff I don't want. Right? Mm-hmm. What if I could put an adventure in your inbox? What? Yes.
0: How would I do this, Jeffrey?
1: You sign up for free Mm -hmm. at Mm adventuresnack.com. And basically, every once in a while, I send you uh, a mini role-playing game that you can play on your lunch break, that you can play... When you're just taking a break from work or when you just, you know, on the weekend or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they're usually, like, you know, it takes, like, five minutes to play. And there's multiple endings. There's, mm-hmm. like, D&D-style mechanics and stuff. It's really fun. It, it comes out of a I love. I, I love role-playing games. And I love these old the old uh, choose-your-path adventure books yeah. from the 80s. And uh, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun to, like, combine them and make like mini bite sized ones that people could just play whenever mm-hmm. and uh, whenever and ever. So yeah, so uh, adventure com. that's uh, it's I'm the star of that show uh-huh, uh-huh. as the game master of that show. Mm-hmm. I'm no extra when it comes to adventure <laughs> snack. <laughs>
0: I love it and it's a delight i signed up for it so you know you were I'm, i believe you were among the first to sign up if uh, not the first all right i'll take it yeah I'm, I'm i'm happy to have been an early supporter trailblazer yep that's what they call me um <laughs> well again thank you for doing the show Um, my pleasure the only thing I can promote is just that you heard me mention all my other shows so keep an ear out for the ones that are are not out yet and go listen to the ones there's literally there's over 600 some episodes of shit that I personally (laughs) produced which is dumb Um, and then uh, oh uh, wait nope forgot Totally fucking blanked on whatever I was going you talking about. You know what? Speaking of extra work, uh, just check me out on Drunk History from this last season. You can—it's like the first time you can see me on a thing clearly and for extended periods of time.
1: He's great on Drunk History. I'll take it. I just yeah, sat absolutely. With my,
0: my hand on my my chin on my hand like this, you trying are... to show off my Spiro Agnew watch, which <laughs> almost uh, the props people and the wardrobe people came up to me separately and are like, "Did that get approved?" And I'm like, oh, I probably should have gotten that approved. But then uh, somebody approved it eventually. It was period accurate. It was, I mean, you came,
1: they shouldn't be harassing you. No. If anything, they should be, like, thanking you. Exactly for, right. For deepening. hmm
0: They should have hired me. Is what they they should have
1: hired been. you as a watch
0: mm-hmm. consultant. Exactly right. That's where the money is. I don't is. know why that didn't happen. Mm. Uh, well, I'm just going to say thank you guys for listening. And as every week, I'm uh, sorry I didn't catch your thing. I, I don't own a TV, so... <laughs> you can find the professional blur on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher and anywhere else you find podcasts and follow jason on instagram at jason Klom, and follow his hashtag the professional blur